thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. That's not the song that I wanted to play, but um, yeah, we'll let it go. Why not? <laughs> Want to do something a little more energetic, but uh, you know, I thought the play in the playlist would play the song you had selected, not the next one on the list. So, what the heck, we'll go with it, all right? So, not to interrupt anything, even though I'm interrupting with my speaking. Well, howdy, hey, it's Randall K coming to you live from magnificent Middle Tennessee uh, for a Sunday evening. Uh, December 27th, yeah it is, December 27th in the year of our Lord, 2020. Uh, this Sunday edition of Bible News Radio is Sunday in the Scriptures. Uh, this evening we'll be looking at Acts chapter 1. And uh, I should make sure that everything's rolling here. Yeah, it looks like, uh, sort of, kind of, maybe, yeah, Periscope is rolling. Facebook appears to be rolling, that's good. YouTube is rolling. And Twitch is good to go. Alright, four for four. Pretty good this evening. Alright, so, anyway, hope you've got your Bibles handy. If not... I'm going to put our text on the screen as we go through, uh, and then so, you know, you can watch on the screen, and if at any time along the way you have, hey, that probably sounds better, huh? Better position that microphone. If any time along the way you have questions, comments, or concerns, go ahead and put them there in the chat, the chat room of whatever platform you're watching on. Uh, Periscope, uh, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. And I'll try to watch for those sometimes because of the various windows I have open on only two monitors. It's sometimes hard to uh, keep up with the screens. And that beautiful little tune that uh, we enjoyed there was one of my own compositions called uh reminiscing i believe yes that was it just so you know and i think i've got that track up on audio jungle yeah so audiojungle.net if uh you search for the name reminiscing or you can find my user account uh, randall k harp on there anyway so if you want that tune for whatever reason, uh, you can license it. It's not 99 cents per download like it was on an album. The the tracks on Audio Jungle, they're for licensing for projects like video or radio spots, that kind of thing, TV shows even. Uh, but the, the minimal use license is fairly minimal. It's, it's more than 99 cents. But anyway, just thought I'd share that with you. And speaking of... Um, the supporting artists, 
uh, this year Bible News Radio is a production uh, of, I guess, really, it's under the umbrella of a nonprofit organization called Heart Tug International. And uh, that nonprofit organization, since June, after 15 years of doing this program, well, your sweet and lovable host, my beloved beautiful bride, she's been doing it that long. I didn't come along until a little over nine years ago uh, on this thing. But anyway, finally decided to um, make this a nonprofit since it was a labor of love and um, and just adding to you know what little income comes through it. Uh, to pay taxes on that just didn't seem reasonable. And also opens the door for doing some other things uh, with with this broadcast, with this ministry. And so, yeah, there it is. If you'd uh, like to throw your two cents in to see where this might go, uh, visit BibleNewsRadio.com and uh, click the Give button. Uh, menu option and then you'll see uh, an opportunity there uh, to give whatever fancies you and that is a tax deductible gift going to Heart Tug International. Alright, so let us then go ahead and get started with our uh, scripture for this evening looking at Acts chapter 1 and I'm out here just Surveying the chat rooms and the various um, platforms to see if any of you all are out there saying hello or whatnot. I see Bobby out there in um, Periscope, and um, not sure who's in Facebook. Somebody out there viewing on YouTube, and uh, somebody viewing on Twitch as well. So be sure to say hi at some point via typing. All right. So we're going to get into the scriptures, Acts chapter 1. And let's do so prayerfully. The Bible is the only book that comes with its author, so it makes sense to approach the author for insight, and especially as, uh, well, we'll see in this chapter. Uh, Father God, you're an awesome God, and we are grateful uh, for this medium that we have of live streaming on the internet that folks can join in from anywhere in the world, live or on the replay, and that together we might look into your word that you've preserved throughout the ages for our instruction, for our equipping and all good things. And we ask that as we do this, we do it with reverence, uh, ready to receive the things that you have for us. God, give us spirits that are sensitive to the leading of your spirit, again, that we might receive what you have for us. This time is yours to use as you will for our good and for your glory. We ask in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. All right, let's find my presentation here. Uh, there it is. How about we go with uh, just a little a smooth transition here. Calling this 
the second beginning, uh, looking at Acts chapter 1, and I'm not going to try to pronounce the Hebrew version of Acts, uh, Maasai, and the reason I have it here is because I've grown fond from one of our listeners, um, 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 Anthony Wright, I think that's your name right, uh, turn me on to this translation, the scriptures from the Institute uh, uh, for Scripture Research. Uh, so there's an English translation called the scriptures. Uh, currently, the most recent edition is 2009. You'll see it abbreviated as TS 2009. Anyway, I've um, grown to quite like it. Uh, it's it's um, not only is it a literal translation of of the of the Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic texts, but also preserves the the Hebrew names and doesn't uh, you know anglicize them. So we've come to known, and uh, for me it helps to get into the um, just the the culture of the scriptures because the Bible, Old and New Testaments, are written by Jewish authors, and so they would have been thinking and speaking and writing Hebrew names, not not Anglo names. So, anyway, back uh, to our study here. Starting, of course, okay, why is that, um, it's not coming up. I'm advancing the slides, but they're not coming up. What the heck? Stand by while I troubleshoot. Okay. Yeah, well, that's. Do I need to have it up? Let's see. Um. Yeah, I guess that's what I need to do. I actually have to have focus. Alright. Here we are. Title slide. Ah, first slide. There we go. We read in the first three verses, The first account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Yahushua began both to do and to teach, until the day he was taken up, after giving instructions through the set-apart spirit to the emissaries whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented him himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them for forty days, speaking concerning the reign of Elohim. Now, that's quite the sentence, isn't it? Um, but so, scholars believe, and rightly so, that this is, um, written by Luke, uh, especially because of the first person, um, passages in the, the book of Acts, and it's clear that he's the one present mentioned by name elsewhere, and then speaking from first person, uh, that he's writing the book, and this this book of Acts, this 
this book of um, history, this narrative, uh, mirrors the opening passages of the Gospel of Luke. So it's clear. So in Acts, when he's writing about the the the, the former account uh, that I wrote, the or the first account I made with Theophilus, he's speaking of the Gospel of Luke. Uh, so the act, the book of Acts, is an addition to Luke's Gospel. As we look at the first four verses of of Luke, Lucas, we read, Since many have intended to take in hand to set in order an account of the matters completely confirmed among us, as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me as well, having followed up all these matters exactly from the beginning, to write to you an orderly account most excellent Theophilus, that you might know the certainty of the words which you were taught. Now, Theophilus, uh, Theophilus, we don't know who that is, but the name coming is a compound name coming from Theos, Theos, uh, Greek, which means God in and philo, which means uh, to love. So Theophilus is um, is a lover of God. And whether that was the person's birth name or maybe like a code name in the uh, early church, I don't know, or maybe for a group of people. But uh, even though it's in the singular name, it's a name for... Uh, someone or someones as as an entity and when luke wrote his gospel you know it, i don't know if, whether it was the the first or second or third or fourth his whole discussion on that about the uniqueness of the gospels and and it's hard to tell which one was uh, written first but uh he said that he investigated these things uh, talking to eyewitnesses and set things in the beginning, you know, through the life of, of the Messiah, putting these things in a, in a chronological sequence and and uh, dives into some things a little more than perhaps Mark, who tends to be a little terse, uh, with his accounts of life of Messiah. Um, but Luke says, you know, putting these things together, that this uh, Theophilus may be more assured, uh, might know a certainty of the words which you were taught. So um, uh, the recipient, having received the gospel and the and the um, you know learning about the life of Messiah, but now. Uh, through through the Gospel of Luke, uh, uh, an account of these things uh, with interviews of eyewitnesses, and now in this second uh, writing addressed to the same recipient is a, a continuation. Now I've called this a the second beginning because much like the um, 
Bereshit, the first book of the Bible, Genesis, you know, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, which was the beginning of time and space, whatever. Um, the the birth of the church that takes place uh, in Acts is, as I see, a second beginning, a beginning of a of a, a new age, not like new age, like Eastern mysticism, but a age, you know, church age, uh, the workings out of of life of Messiah in in the body of believers. So, um, a second beginning there was, you know, the 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 Old Testament period. There was the coming of Messiah and his ministry, and now this kind of a new uh, beginning of the the followers of Messiah uh, carrying out what he taught them to do. All right. So Acts being addition, an addition to Luke's gospel um, in this uh, second writing. Um, so I want to go back uh, to this idea here, uh, um, into okay, never mind. Um, in Acts, we read Luke writes to Theophilus, he says, to whom he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. And we could make a long study of that, but uh, the Apostle Paul sums uh, several of those infallible proofs up in the 15th chapter of his epistle to the Corinthians. Uh, verses 3 through 8 we read, For I delivered to you at the first that which I also received, that Messiah died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Kepha, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over five hundred brothers at one time, of whom the greater part remain till now, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by Yaakov, then by all the emissaries, and last of all, he was seen by me also as if one born prematurely. So just a, you know, a quick condensation of, or condense, I guess it's condensation, anyway, uh, a Reader's Digest uh, uh, account of, of several times when the risen Messiah appeared. Uh, you know, after his resurrection uh, to, to several people. And, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. You see that phrase, according to the scriptures, according to the scriptures. Um, that, you know, died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised the third day according to the scriptures. What scriptures is Paul talking about? Well, he's talking about uh, the writings. He's He's talking about you know the law, the prophets, and the writings of of the of the Old Testament, the Tanakh, um, the Torah, the Nevi'im, the 
Ketuvim uh, writings or the, the law, the prophets, uh, and the writings that uh, you know those tell you know hundreds of prophecies considering the Messiah and what was going to happen uh, with him, and that's why in Luke chapter twenty-four we see Messiah, we see Yeshua um, scolding the. Uh, two disciples on the road to Emmaus saying if you'd known the scriptures uh, basically you wouldn't have been surprised you know he called them foolish and slow to believe and he shouldn't the Messiah ought to have suffered and if you'd known the scriptures you wouldn't have been uh, surprised by any of this you wouldn't be freaking out because these things were prophesied and God's word is true and everything happened uh, just like he said it was all right, I'm just going to bounce out to the chat rooms to see if I'm not missing anything. Hey, TR fun guy. Good to see you yeah, using the uh, TS uh, 2009 translation. I've really come to love that. Um, of course, it's still a translation. Uh, one of these days, maybe. <laughs> with the uh, years I have left, I'll be even more familiar with with Ivrit and Elenike, and I won't have to depend upon a uh, translation. All right, fairly quiet out there. But that's what I'm looking for. All right. So many infallible proofs. He showed himself alive. We looked at that. And so, continued verse 4 of our text. That this promise the Father. And meeting with them, that would be the emissaries, the apostles, uh, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, Jerusalem for you Anglo people, uh, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which you heard from me, because Yohanan immersed, truly immersed in water, but you shall be immersed in the set-apart spirit, uh, not many days from now. And set-apart, of course, that's a literal translation of uh, hagias uh, in, the, in the Greek, uh, which is often translated holy in uh, other English translations. The idea is that, that's the idea of holy, it's set apart, it's separated. Um, uh, and for God's purposes, that's the idea of you know, the, the holy sanctuary and the holy of holies within the holy sanctuary, set apart uh, for a purpose, set apart uh, for the things of God, uh, sanctified, if you will. And so the set-apart spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, if you want to go, Old King James. But uh, the Holy Spirit, the set-apart spirit, is the, the promise of the Father. You know, wait for the promise of the Father, which you've heard from me, because Yohanan truly immersed in water, but you shall be immersed in the set-apart spirit not many days from now. And going... Um, Looking at um, 
gotten something out of order here. Wow, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself in my thinking. But I thought I had put some other scriptures on there to go with this, but suffice it to say that that this promise of the Father, ascending to the set apart spirit, the Holy Spirit, mentioned another place of several places uh, in the New Testament, and we'll get to those later on because um, it's important in another context in this chapter. Alright, so moving on to 6, verses 6 and 7, Acts chapter 1. So when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Master, would you at this time restore the reign of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. That could be uh, a long study in itself, but we're not going that route uh, this evening. What is important here is I can see why that question follows that when he says, when Messiah told them that, you know, wait for the promise of the Father, uh, that you'll be immersed in the set-apart spirit, I can see why they would ask that, well, this is this is time then that you're going to restore the reign to Israel, that, that Israel is going to uh, reign and rule on the world. And I could see that because in keeping uh, with the idea of the new covenant, you're going back to the, quote, Last Supper, that pass, the last Passover meal that uh, Messiah observed with his disciples. And he said, this is, uh, you know, if he'd broken the bread, he'd taken the, the cup of redemption, the cup after supper, and said, this cup is the new, is the new covenant, not a new covenant, but the new covenant, definite article there in the Greek, uh, in my blood. And no doubt they understood that to be the new covenant, Jeremiah 31. But if you look in the context there, uh, Jeremiah, Yermayahu chapter 31, uh, there are a lot of things going on there in addition with the new covenant is a restoration uh, of Yisrael and a, a restoration of their glory. And if just pulling out a, a segment of uh, Jeremiah 31, because I don't want to get into the whole thing tonight, uh, we read about in the coming kingdom, uh, see the days are coming, declares, I will say Adonai, because you see there the proper name of God rendered in the Hebrew letters, the Tetragrammaton. Um, and if I were reading in a synagogue, that's what I would do when I got to that, the proper name of God, I would say Adonai. Anyway, see the days are coming, declares Adonai, when I shall make a renewed covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Yehuda. 
For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, uh, declares Adonai. I shall put my Torah in their inward parts and write it on their hearts. And I shall be their Elohim, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall they teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, No, Adonai, for they shall know me, and from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares Adonai. Uh, for I shall forgive their crookedness and remember their sin no more. And so that he's putting Torah in their inward parts, you're writing it on their hearts. And it's no longer going to be a, a book to study, but an, um, an indwelling law. And seeing as this comes, the, the, the mention of the New Covenant, the New Testament, uh, in Jeremiah chapter 31, along with telling about a restoration of uh, Israel and the rule of Israel, uh, the kingdom of a united Israel, I can see why uh, they would think that. Okay, here's the promise of the Father, the set-apart one who's going to dwell in us. And so, oh, and part of the new covenant is, you know, the Torah will be within, and the inward parts are right in our heart. And so, I can see easily, uh, you know, conflating if you will that doesn't that sounds like a negative thing but um just putting those two together in your mind oh okay well here's the it sounds like the torah being written in our in our inward parts and writing them in our hearts uh the, this promise of the father um so will you at this time restore the reign to israel will you restore the kingdom and and of course yeshua says uh, it's the times um, you know, it's not for you to know, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons of the fathers, but under his own authority. So while related, they don't necessarily come together. Um, that the new covenant did in fact, uh, begin with, with the coming of Messiah, the first coming of Messiah, he said, this is the, this, you know, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And, and the writer of Hebrews tells us, you know, that the prophets spoke to their fathers in various ways, you know, in times past, but in these last days has spoken to us by his son. So the first coming of Messiah being the beginning, the second beginning, if you will, of the last age um and more specifically the church age but it doesn't you know the coming kingdom and the giving of the set apart spirit the holy spirit is not coincidental but the coming of messiah the giving of the spirit is is starting something that will um include the the reign uh, from Israel from from Jerusalem from Mount Zion uh, where Messiah will reign from uh, but ultimately there will be a new heaven a new earth new Jerusalem uh, 
um, etc. So it's this sort of long play of something beginning at this time. And so all that to say I can understand why they at the time when hearing about the promise of the Father, they would think, oh, is this the time you're going to restore the reign of Israel? Is this time you're going to restore the kingdom? And basically the answer is not for you to know. So, which is, is a long no. No, it's not at this time. But something related. All right. Clears mud. All right, we looked at uh, Jeremiah 31. Okay, so instead of establishing the kingdom with the giving of the set-apart spirit, the Holy Spirit, if of him, the promise of the Father, the coming of the Spirit is not about establishing the kingdom, then, then what is sending the Spirit about. What is this promise of the Father about? Well, it's not about establishing the kingdom, but it's about building the kingdom, building it up uh, toward that time, toward the kingdom of Messiah. And we see that in verse 8 of Acts chapter 1. But, but he said, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons that the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the set-apart spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Yehuda and Shomeron and to the end of the earth, to Jerusalem, Judah, and Samaria, and the end of the earth. It's like, well, wait a second. Did, okay. So it's not about establishing the kingdom. It's empowering you to start building the kingdom. And, and think, well, the they didn't go to the ends of the earth, did they? Did they? There, there are still some places on earth that have not heard the gospel. You know, so much for that power. You know, he powered the, the apostles, powered them to be witnesses in Jerusalem, which they were, and Yehuda in Judea, yes they were, and Shomeron in Samaria, yes they were, and to the end of the earth, no they weren't. Well, what kind of power is that? who failed holy spirit of them well no that was the beginning of the building of the kingdom because we look at the end of um uh matthew yahoo's uh gospel matthew's gospel uh chapter 28 verse 1920 the words of uh messiah he says therefore go and make taught ones of all the nations immersing them in the name singular of the Father and of the Son and of the set-apart Spirit, teaching them to guard all that I have commanded you. And see, I am with you always until the end of the age. Well, he taught them many things. What's one of the last things he taught them? Well, we just read it. To go and make taught ones or disciples of all the nations, immersing them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the and the set-apart spirit matching or teaching them to guard all that I have commanded you. So in that part of what he taught that he commanded you was to go make disciples. So the process continues on to his disciples, um, 
he taught them to go and make disciples and teach them, you know, all that I have commanded you. And one of the last things he commanded you, them was to go make disciples. So here we are. And people will say, over 2,000 years later, no, no, <laughs> almost 2,000 years later, come up on 2,000 years, because if uh, Yeshua was born um, by modern reckoning, you know, somewhere around 4 BC, and I know it sounds crazy that he would be born before, Christ would be for, born before Christ, but because calendars have been in the state of flux for centuries and actually millennia and the present uh calendar that we have the 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 form the this edition this revision of the gregorian calendar that most of the world is using still with its 365 and one quarter days um uh you know, that has a leap year every four years. Well, every four years, that's not evenly divisible by 100. Um, because it has to adjust and things like that. And that was really pretty recently that, you know, within the last few hundred years that it got kind of synchronized. And so if we, what we talk of using our present calendar, we look back, then where where we get to the birth of Messiah is what we would now call 4 BC. That is, it was 2,024 years ago. Um, but seeing as uh, he didn't start ministering uh, uh, on his, his earthly ministry, didn't begin until age 30, and we get a long reason why that is, you know, that brings us to A.D. 26, about, the year of our Lord 26. And so that was that was less than 2,000 years ago when his ministry began. Because 2,000, it'll be 2,000 years ago in 2030. This is only 2020, or 2026, excuse me. Um, so we're six years away from two millennia since the beginning of his earthly ministry not since his death and resurrection, which is, you know, still not yet 2,000 years ahead. I just threw that in for free. Um, so here we are, nearly 2,000 years since that command of go into all nations teaching them, you know, making disciples, baptizing them, um, etc. And so the work still goes on. Um, the disciples of the disciples of the disciples, etc. have not yet reached uh, the end of the earth. Anyway, all right. So, continuing. Verse 9 through 11. And having said this, while they were looking on, he was taken up, and the cloud hid him from their sight. And as they were gazing into the heaven, as he went up, see, two men stood by them, dressed in white, who also said, Men of Galil, 
Why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same Yahshua, who was taken up from you into the heaven, shall come the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And so, this is where the, uh, you know, the skeptics, <laughs> the skeptics, the soft scoffers, uh, you know, and the, yeah, scoffers and, uh, boy, skeppers and, skeppers, skeptics, scoffers, mockers, you know, will say, well, isn't this convenient? You know, the, 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 the risen Messiah who showed himself alive by many infallible proofs has now left the building, left the earth. He's, he's disappeared from the earth, but he still lives, but he's gone. And isn't that convenient, you know, that, he, that he's not around, that this religion continues without its founder who supposedly rose from the dead and, and now he's gone. Isn't that convenient? Well, actually, it is quite convenient if you understand the scriptures. Um, looking at Yohanan's uh, Gospel, John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 2. Why did he leave? In my father's house are many staying places. Some, uh, some translations say mansions. I think that goes back to the old King James because basically meaning a house. Um, and which mansion has come to mean, a, you know, giant estate. Anyway, which it could be, I don't know. But in my father's house are many staying places many dwellings and if not i would have told you i go to prepare a place for you now bless your heart i've heard people say things like wow i can't wait to see my place uh jesus has been working on it a really long time he's going to prepare a place for me he says you're you're missing the 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 clear verb, uh, the present tense verb in the verse. In my father's house are many staying places, many dwellings. It's not there will be. I'm going to build one. They're already there. In the new Jerusalem, the heaven city, my father's house are many staying places. If not, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So if they already exist, what is he preparing? Is he like decorating, you know, cleaning up or making sure it's got mints on the pillow or no? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 9 right below verse 11 12. But, but Messiah having become a high priest of the coming good matters through the greater and more perfect tent not made with hands, that is not of this creation, entered into the most set-apart place, that is, the Holy of Holies, once and for all, and not, not the earthly one, the heavenly one, not with blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, having obtained everlasting redemption. Now, the writer of the epistle to the Ephraim, the Hebrews, um, sets up for them, well, assumes they are already familiar with the temple system and the temple system of sacrifice and and points out that the earthly temple or tabernacle at first 
which became a, a temple when um, Solomon built the first one, a uh, permanent structure. Anyway, that tabernacle was patterned after the heavenly tabernacle. We can see that in Yeshiahu, Isaiah chapter 6, and how the throne room of God mirrors, or, or rather the, the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle mirrors uh, the throne room of God, etc. And so, just like the priest would go into the Holy of Holies with the blood to... Um, you know, to the, the mercy seat to make atonement on behalf of the people, that was a foreshadowing of what was to come with Messiah, the high priest, entering the true Holy of, Holy of Holies, the heavenlies, uh, to, um, with his own blood, as, as we just read, um, entered into the most set of part place once for all not with the blood of goats and calves but with his own blood having obtained everlasting redemption and so just as the old testament high priest would go into the holy of holies and sprinkle the blood for redemption of people the our high priest the ultimate high priest messiah went into the true uh, heavenly of heavy the heavenly holy of holies there we go and and sanctified it with his blood uh to open the way for us having obtained everlasting redemption not just for the year like yom kippur but uh for all time and so when yeshua says i go to prepare a place for you it's not to put mints on the pillow of the already existing dwelling places uh, it's to sanctify the true holy of holies the heavenly holy of holies with his own blood that just as the priest prepared a temporary way in the old testament the true high priest yeshua opens uh prepares uh, makes makes permanent atonement everlasting redemption um uh, through that action so when he says preparing a place i believe that's the preparing the place he's talking about not to build something for anyone the because in his in his father's house are are many dwelling places i go to prepare a place in the same way that the old testament high priest would prepare a place if you will um all right so that one was for free too. Um, so why did he leave? Well, he went to prepare a place. We saw what that is in Hebrews nine twelve. Uh, in Yohanan uh, chapter sixteen. Whoops, I didn't mean to uh, go back. Trying to get rid of that toolbar. Is blocking the bottom verse there. The words of uh, Yeshua again, Messiah. But I say the truth to you, it is far better for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you at all. But if I go, I shall send him for you. So, isn't it convenient that he left? Yes, it is. <laughs> because if he hadn't gone, we couldn't prepare a place for us, the... 
the heavenly place, the heavenly abode, uh, which will one day be the earthly abode in the new earth, the new Jerusalem would not be would not be sanctified, would not be prepared for us, and two, he would not we would not have the promise of the Father. Um, he would not be able to send the promise of the Father, the set apart one, as he promised. So as we read, as these uh, these two men who stood by them dressed in white said, "Men of Galil, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same uh, Yeshua who was taken up from you into the heaven shall come in the same way as you saw him go into the heaven." And so, you know, he went up and a cloud hit him. He was taken up into a cloud. All right. So, he's coming again, as we read in Daniel chapter 7. I was looking in the night visions, and I saw one like the son of Enosh, or Baranosh in the Hebrew, uh, which which translated in, into English would be son of man, but it speaks of man in his frailty, which is, um, you know, like I'm only human kind of frailty, which I think is is beautiful name for uh, Messiah because he came, you know, he came in the likeness of man and and beating his servant and a servant obedient to death, even death on the cross. God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so Baranash, that Aramaic term for son of man, is is a beautiful picture of, of the son of man, the Messiah, in his first coming. So, one like the son of Anash, coming with the clouds of the heavens, and he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And speaking to this, when questioned by the high priest, if he was the Messiah, uh, Yahashua said, I am, and you shall see the son of Adam. I see, I didn't notice that in the, in the, um, in the scriptures translation, because I think that takes away, because he's, he's referring to, he's referring to the passage in Daniel and so son of Adam or or Ben Adam takes away from the Baranash that's in the, the Aramaic in Daniel chapter seven. So Institute of Scripture Research just so you know, I'm I'm not happy with you. I understand that you would want to use Adam because it's the Hebrew word for man, but I think we're losing the 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 beauty of the of Baranash for the Son of Man, uh, Messiah. Anyway, so I am, and you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of the heaven. And so, just like Messiah after his resurrection, forty days after his resurrection, was taken up into a cloud. He is coming again in a cloud. Now, this is interesting. Now, when we read in Revelation about the second coming, we see him coming on a white horse with the with the contingent of the saints, with the armies of heaven. 
uh, we don't see mention of a cloud. Where we do see mention of the clouds, unless clouds refers to, you know, the hosts of heaven, and not literal vapor clouds, but Enactus is the cloud receiving hid him from their sight. So I don't think it's heavenly hosts. I think it's really clouds, something apparently, you know, vapor clouds. But where we do see this, interestingly enough, is in First Thessalonians, uh, which those of a, um, a whatever, pre-dense, pre-tribulation uh, pre rapture <laughs> view, uh, would view as a pre-tribulation rapture. Some would say that the rapture is at the end of the tribulation or mid-trib rapture, whatever. Anyway, there is there is going to be a rapture. The scripture is pretty clear about it. The timing of it, we can argue all day, and it really, at the end of the day, doesn't matter too much. I can feel the stones being thrown at me now. But in terms of salvation... Uh, and the the character and identity of Messiah, pre, mid, or post-tribulation rapture, I don't believe is important. What is important is he is coming again. And if we look at the First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, we read, Because the Master himself shall come down from heaven with a shout and the voice of a chief messenger and the trumpet of Elohim, why didn't they put shofar? Anyway, and the dead in Messiah shall rise first, then we, the living who are left over, shall be caught away together with them in the clouds to meet the master in the air, and so we shall always be with the master. So then, encourage one another with these words. So now, isn't this interesting? It is to me that... When the apostles saw Messiah taken up into heaven, and then these two men in white afterwards say this, the, you know, the same, the same Yahushua who was taken up for you will come in the same way. Um, that would be from their perspective. Now, if it was the second coming of, you know, on a white horse then it wouldn't be from their perspective. They wouldn't see him coming. They'd be coming with him, right? Um, and I believe we are, even if the rapture is post-tribulation, we'll be caught up with him and then come down with him. Anyway, however the timing of that works out, that's why it makes sense some time pre-tribulation to me to be caught up with the Lord in the clouds and then later return with him to the earth um, in the second coming. So, but yeah, in Acts chapter one said the, you know, they say that, um, that he, the, the same way he went, I'm going to cause will be coming and it'll be descending. He ascended up in the cloud, will be sending in the clouds. And to me, looking at scripture, that lines up with the rapture of first Thessalonians four, uh, for what it's worth. I'm really enjoying your reading and discussion this evening. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Fun guy, what else we got going on here? Um, 
the other folks out there in viewing land are pretty quiet. I see that you're there watching, but I guess it's just, um, you're just taking up with it. Um, ah, 7.56, is it really? Yeah, and I should, uh, not go too long. I've got a lot to do here. Um, well... Yeah, well, the next the next part is about choosing the replacement apostle, and I don't want to rush through that because it gives it gives this criteria about having been with them from the beginning and being eyewitness to his resurrection, and I want to differentiate, put it out here in a nutshell, apostle capital A apostle with lowercase apostle that someone might call themselves apostle today apostolos someone who's sent out yes maybe sent out by the congregation or the denomination or you know something like that and i would call it a little a apostle they might want to call themselves apostle that seems to me a little i don't know a little too pompous <laughs> sorry that's just the way i see it but biblical apostle, like the, the 12 apostles, um, the capital A apostles, I call it, there's criteria in there for replacing uh, Yehuda Ishkariot, uh, the, the Judas, the man from Iscariot, or from Kariot. He's, he's Yehuda Ishman Kariot. Um, the man from Kariot, or transliterating to Greek, and then then transliterated transliterated into Latin and and butchered in English comes out Judas Iscariot, like Iscariot is his last name. Anyway, Yehuda Iscariot, the the Yehuda the the Judah that's the man from. Uh, Kiriot, not to be confused with the other Yehuda that was among the twelve. Anyway, when they went to replace him as apostle, there's this criteria given. Anyway, and so I just think it's important to talk about anyone called apostle today isn't an apostle in the same way that the 12 apostles were apostles. They weren't sent out by Yeshua himself. It wasn't chosen directly by them. Well, they had a vision. They had a whatever. Okay, they prayed before. I'm talking about modern day apostles. That They might say, well, I was sent out. I was chosen by. No, but they're not witnesses of the resurrected Um messiah how do i know because we just read about him ascending and they wouldn't be um a witness of that anyway i kind of gave it away a little bit but i was going to talk about casting lots and all that kind of stuff and and uh if, if you want to get back there next week we can but right now <laughs> i need to wrap this up i thank you for hanging with me and uh, for those of you who endured all the way to this point uh, you get special points because I know I'm not the most engaging, you know, uh, motivational speaker. 
I'm not a speaker. I just go through the text and tell you what I see and and what I've thought about and and give you cross references, things like that. Anyway, with that, I need to. I really do need to wrap this up. So, the Lord bless you. Lord keep you. Make His face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Lift up His countenance upon you. Give you peace. And uh, as your sweet and lovable host, my beautiful uh, beloved bride, would remind you to be bold, stand up, and go with God because He loves you. Good night. God bless. Thank you.